you get the first credit card and it's like, oh, $500 and you max it out and you're like, okay. Then they like give you a new one and you start that credit card. And then you go to Macy's and they're like, you know, you can save 20%. And I'm like, you for real, girl, let me get that. And and let me add the shoes. And then before you know it, um, I had 10 credit cards. You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, where you'll hear real stories from real people who are on the path to building real wealth. These stories will show you how to earn more money, pay off debt, start investing, and make better money choices so you can build wealth for your future. Now, here's your host, Michael Lacey. What's up, what's up, what's up, teammates, and welcome to the Winning to Wealth podcast. I'm Michael Lacey, and this is episode number 44. Now, this week, we're talking about debt, and more specifically, the options that not having debt can create for you. I'm excited to be joined by Ashley from Talk Cash with Ash. Ashley was a young single mom who found herself over 84000 dollars in student loan and consumer debt and paid it all off. Like I said, I'm super stoked to introduce you to Ashley, but before we jump into the episode, I want to let you know that support for this episode comes from our friends over at Undebt.it. Undebt.it is an awesome and best of all free service that helps people optimize their debt elimination strategy. Just plug in your numbers and Undebt.it will pop out seven different and easy to follow payment plan options for you to review. From there, you can choose the plan that works best for you and get right to work credit your debt. The best part is you can switch up your strategy at any time. Now, I toyed around with this service for way longer than I should have the other day, and I got to say, I wish it was around when we were paying off our debt. But since it's a free service, I definitely suggest that you check them out by heading to winningtowealth.com slash undebt. That is winningtowealth.com slash undebt, U-N-D-E-B-T. But hey, let's jump right into this incredible debt-free story featuring Ashley from Talk Cash with Ash. Hi, Ashley. I am so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the podcast. It has been just an awesome experience following you on Instagram and kind of watching your debt-free journey unfold. So definitely glad to have you here today and share more of your story. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, something that I've seen you talk about is the power of budgeting and the effect that that's had on your finance. And I want to know, were you always good at budgeting or was that something that you had to get better and progress at? (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) Okay. So I have a spreadsheet that dates back to like 2010. Okay. I am that nerd. I have, um, you know, an Excel spreadsheet every month. I I wrote down all my income, my expenses or what I thought were going to be my expenses. But what I came to find out is that um, I'm actually really good at counting. (laughs) And so the budgeting really didn't hit home for me until I started uh, listening to a lot of people in the debt-free community talk about this uh, zero-based budgeting. And so it just clicked for me. So yeah, I was really, really good at counting and I I still really am good at counting. (laughs) But the budgeting aspect is really just assigning every dollar and giving it a mission. That's when it just like upped the game for me. So what were you doing beforehand? I mean, I want to kind of get a little specific there. So like what changes did you like actually have to make? Well, you know, in the beginning I had, you know, my income listed out. I knew what bills I had to pay. Um, I knew kind of like, okay, I knew what my gas was going to be. I kind of guessed what 
amount of money I was going to spend on food. And then at the end of the week or whatever pay period, I'd have some cash kind of quote unquote left over. Well, that leftover money always got spent on some items or something. And I don't know where it went. And I'd look and be like, I know I made this amount of money that month, but where did it go? And it's because I didn't give it an assignment. And so it just kind of got spent on whatever and wherever. And so the difference between then and now is that every dollar that comes into Ashley's household uh, gets an assignment, plus, plus or minus a few dollars here and there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm glad you said that. So outside of just the assigning every dollar a name, I mean, were there any other reasons where you kind of felt like maybe, uh, you know, you struggle with it where you could have been better on that system? I think that for me, it's easy. It was easy for me to have something to go to every single time. So me having the spreadsheet, I could always go back and say, okay, what did I have budgeted or when is my due date? Um, what date is that going to be again? So I already created a routine for myself as bills came in, I'd put them in my monthly budget or my spreadsheet. You know, 10 years ago when I started budgeting, I didn't really have that mobile app, so to speak. So I, I was printing it out and I had it in front of me all the time. So I think that was just a really good habit. Most of my, if not all of my adult life, I've been uh, a mother. So I, I was a parent fairly early. As a matter of fact, as soon as I started making like a real paycheck is when I became a mom. And so I think that sense of urgency and responsibility um, was necessary. Uh, and so I had to grow up quick in a lot of ways. And me having a budget was what really got me through a lot of hard times. So. Okay. And so let's jump into the debt because you were on a budget. You were, you were doing a monthly budget, but somehow you still found yourself in debt. And so can you talk about just how much debt you ended up with kind of at the peak of everything? Ooh, if you want to talk about the peak of it, that would have been recently, like a couple years ago. And I was, I mean, oh my gosh, if you include the mortgages, we're talking about $450,000 worth of debt. And that is a lot of money on the weight of my shoulders. And um, what I think happened over the course of the 10 years of me making income is that it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? You get the first credit card and it's like, oh, $500 and you max it out and you're like, okay. Then they like, give you a new one and you start that credit card. And then you go to Macy's and they're like, you know, you can save 20%. And I'm like, you for real, girl, let me get that. And, and let me add the shoes. And then before you know it, um, I had 10 credit cards racked up across, you know, it was uh, the Macy's, the Victoria's Secrets, you know, all of the department stores. Um, and then I got real fun with it. I uh, When I purchased my first home, I financed um, some upgrades. So I did wood flooring on, on credit and I did uh, a mattress on credit. If they could be put on credit, I put it on credit. And I was kind of taught and I don't think directly taught. I think I just kind of had to just picked up on this somewhere that if you, the more credit you use, the better you got at credit, which Yes and no, they don't tell you the whole story. I mean, you're supposed to pay it off. That's the whole point of building the credit. You have to build it, pay it off, and to show that you're actually financially responsible with the money that they're letting you borrow. And I missed that part. <laughs> I missed that part. And I just racked it up. There were a few that got into the into the realm of like five or six thousand dollars. And those, instead of me focusing on paying them off, I just get another one with the same uh, uh, credit limit, right? And so, because they let me, they're like, oh, she got one, let me give her another one. They're not on our, they're not on our side. They're at not. all. 
at all. I had to learn that lesson too. Like, and, and I kind of went through the same thing where I, you know, I got my first big boy job as I like to call it. And so then I got a car cause I'm like, I can't pull up to the job in this old thing. And right. then I'm like, I can't pull up in these old clothes. So like, I gotta, you know, get a new wardrobe. I gotta have Ralph Lauren, everything, every day, you know, everything's gotta be here and there. And so I found myself deep in debt. But at that time, like all of that felt normal to me, like mm-hmm. nothing felt like I didn't feel financially pressed or anything like that. So was mm-hmm. that kind of the same thing for you? Like, did you feel comfortable or did you feel like you were struggling as you racked up the debt? I felt like I was living the American dream. Right. So I feel like it was normal. You know, as my income grew, uh, so did my lifestyle. Now, I am I'm not a high roller by any means. I really am not into luxury, um, although I'd like to think I am. Uh, so I really wasn't living way beyond my means, but I definitely was creeping right up on it. So um, the more money I made, the more money I spent. And it's funny, you know, I think over the course of the years, I used to look back and be like, how did I make it on on that much? And and today I feel like I'm choked. Like this something's not right. I mean, did the cost of living really go up that much? You know, like I'm I'm trying to make excuses for why I'm like living paycheck to paycheck and um yeah it, it gets it gets out of hand really quickly so i mean because you say that right you say everything just kind of feels normal like you're living the american dream so what happened that made you realize that something needed to change if everything felt normal mm that's a great question you know it's 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 my why really and that's my son so um he was approaching or is approaching the age where he needed to you know we started talking about college and I look over and I'm like, speaking of college, you know, I got this big old student loan that I'm still paying off. He's got to uh, enter college in about six years. It's been about six years since I got out of college and I still have 60 something thousand dollars that I got to give them back. How is that going to work, Ashley? And I definitely didn't want him to have um, be set up the way that I set myself up, which is, you know, just not having the finances. I was the first one in my, my family to go to a college. Um, I did get a lot of scholarships, but, um, after those ran out, I went back into school for grad school and all of that was funded by Sally Mae with her slick self. And (laughs) she got a hold of me and she didn't let go. And so, uh, $68,000 later, here I am, you know, graduated, got my good job, but that debt was right in my backpack the whole entire time. And I was like, I can't have this for my son. Oh my gosh, I need to get rid of this as quickly as possible because I want him to be a step ahead of where I was. So that really is what changed the game for me. It it made me focus in on my finances and, and get it together. So what happens after you have that realization? Oh, man. The counting every dollar had to happen. I needed to know what was coming in and where it was going every step of the way. So if I made a do- if I made money and I did my budget and there was like money left over, I had the assignment of stacking up my debts with the debt free community calls it the debt snowball. So I, I listed them out and I just made it a visual. Um, I had my debt free chart in front of me at all times and I just attacked it one by one. And that was the mission. So every every month I had a mission. I had a goal. I, I talked about it a lot. I was pretty obsessive about it. And I really had to do that in order to stay the course. So um, ha- having those visuals really got me there. Having that mission just kept me going through it because it's hard, long road. Uh, so I needed that. It's all of those things. 
So, okay. So then when we talk about, you know, you transition your budget from what you were doing to the zero based budget. So what kind of changes did you make, have to make to your budget and the way that you were spending money to actually make progress? You know, I always thought that I was really good at money until I really started like doing the zero based budget. What I found is that if you don't assign the money, it just kind of gets away from you and you start making up reasons to spend the money. So instead of finding ways to save money, I was spending it on items. I was looking for reasons to do like these ridiculous trips to, you know, Target or just walking around without a shopping list in the grocery store and things like that. So what I did was, you know, organize everything. If I'm going to go to the grocery store, I'm only going to purchase food for what I'm going to eat that week or that or those two weeks. Um, I began shopping in bulk for things. I cut out the brunches and the miscellaneous dinners and lunches. I spent so much money on food. Um, it was ridiculous. And I love to cook. So what was I doing? Um, and then I also started targeting my insurances and really starting to understand what my premiums were, what policies did I really need in place. Um, and I just tackled every part of my finances. I just went in and I just like tried to be the most efficient in, in, in every way I was spending money, I went to my utilities and figured out, OK, how can I, you know, reorganize the pay structure here so that it makes the most sense, the biggest bang for my buck? What can I shed from the budget? Do I really need to start saving for Christmas right now? No. Let me wait on that. Whose birthdays can I skip? You know, like the, I, I just really started going down the line and just cutting cutting all the fat, uh, so to speak, out of the budget. Um, and I did it incrementally. What I think is important in the financial journey is that people tend to try to do a lot of things all at one time. And I'm here to tell you that it does not work because you're going to fail at something. So what I did was, you know, just like the debt free snowball, listing out your your smallest debts to your largest debts. I listed out all of like the financial uh, goals that I had and I uh, honed in on one. And then once I conquered that, I went to the next thing. Y you know, when you try to do too many things at once, you're pretty much going to fail across the board. So but I found that when I focused on that one thing and I na like nailed in on it, I was able to execute that and go to the next, fix that a little bit more. And so my budget kind of morphs through this whole financial journey to becoming the most efficient budget it can be. It takes a while. It's not a one month scrub. So, I mean, it, it takes a while and then life hits you too. And so you got to be in that budget on a regular basis and just be flexible with it and, and give yourself some grace along the way. But it's a work in progress. You know, something I want to explore a little more is you said that as you were going through your budget, you know, you started kind of targeting your insurance. So can you talk a little bit about that process? Like what were you seeing and what did you do to kind of make some changes in that area? Yes. So uh, first and foremost, I made sure I didn't get into any car accidents so that my car insurance was a, a decent rate. But then I, I, you know, I was with a company for quite some time and noticed that my policy kept going up. And I'm like, but I thought I'm a good driver. Like what's happening here? And, you know, I think that we tend to want to be committed to a company. Um, but again, they're not on your side. So I started shopping and found uh, some great deals across the board. I went to an insurance broker that did a kind of a, a search for me. And then I bundled some insurances that helped a great bit. Um, so uh, those are just a few of the things. And I ended up saving hundreds of dollars over the over a 12, over, you know, over a 12 month policy period on a lot of things. So I took that refund check, so to speak, and put it right towards the debt. 
Love it. I love it. That's I, I love doing that. I sit down every single year and I audit my insurance. And it's I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. Those hundreds of dollars that come back into your pocket every year. So let me ask this question. As you're making all these changes, right, you're you're cutting back on the food spending, you're cutting back on the insurance and all these other areas. Was there one particular area that was really hard for you to scale back on? Mm. Yes. And he's over in the next room. (laughs) That would be my son. You know, kids trying to teach an adult is hard enough uh, about finances. Right. But teaching a a kid um, that is even tougher because for one, they don't understand the concept of money because they don't necessarily have to work for it. They don't understand what a a dollar of time equates to in in a, a dollar bill form. So, um, you know, getting him into chores and having him understand the value of money, uh, first of earning money, because kids don't have any problem learning how to spend it. It's the earning part. Um, And so bringing him along on the journey was the is the hardest thing, Uh, getting your family and your friends and your children on board um, is is pretty challenging. Uh, What I was able to do with my financial journey is I wasn't so. rough with people about it. You know, I just, I didn't like, I'm not with the cancel culture. I'm more of like, Hey, look what I can do. You should do it too. Let me show you how, you know? So I I grabbed a hold of a lot of family members and every person has a unique situation. And I shared with them, I said, look, this is how I'm doing it. This is what makes sense for me by looking at you know, a few tweaks here and there. Did you know you can save $200 by switching to, you know, budgeting? And so I really made it a thing and our family, we made it a competition here and there. Um, and to this day, I get uh, screenshots of family members' credit reports uh, going up because of just financial tweaks along the way. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the hardest thing is getting the family and, and your kids on board. But you just make them a part of the process. That's all. Well, I have to ask because that's something that I I struggle with, right, is we're in such a good financial position and I try to live my life kind of as an example of what to do. Like I don't try to push what I do onto people or anything like that. Um, but it, it is tough, you know, like when you go on vacations and you're like, Oh, I wish so-and-so could be here, but they won't get their stuff together. So can you talk about just <laughs> how you go, how you kind of initiated those conversations and how gratifying it's been to see that progress? I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you a little story on that one. I actually, so me and my friends, we tend to go on a lot of trips or we did it before um, my debt free journey. That was one of the the expenses that uh, I kind of blew a lot of money on. Um, and so when I decided to, to, to do this debt free journey, I paused all of that. I was like, I kind of gave him a heads up about what I'm doing. I explained why, you know, what's funny is I don't think that they really grabs the amount of money I was in debt because speaking about finances is taboo, right? Nobody wants to talk about it. It's kind of like behind the curtain, but I just kind of was really super transparent with everybody about it. But one of the things I told them I started doing was using cash a lot. And they were like, what? You use cash for everything? And I've always used cash for things. And it just was like, it made it real for me. Like if I'm giving you this money and I don't get anything back, that just feels more real than swiping a card. 
And so um, I said, I said, look, if we're going to go on a girl's trip, I want to be able to cash flow it. So let's figure out how to get there under a certain amount of money. And they like rallied behind it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to figure this out. And then we're going to bring our cash. And it was so awesome because we did take the trip. It was cash flowed. It was a girl's trip. And no one spent over a couple hundred dollars. And every and a couple of my girlfriends had cash on them. And I was so excited for them. Um, so, yeah, I think uh you know, just sharing those tips with them made uh, made it fun, make it challenging for them. And then they kind of a lot of them took it upon themselves to keep going with the same uh, financial journey themselves, which was really awesome. That's the most rewarding part of it all. Right. OK, so let's come back to your debt free journey a little bit. So I know that you recently became debt free. So how long did it take you to pay off all of your debt? Okay, so I paid off $84,347.52 in 17 months. Um, And, you know, it's actually more than that because as you're paying debt, the interest is still accruing. So I just want to go on record and say it's probably like $100,000 or something like that. You know, put some respect on my debt, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, about $43,000 of that was my actual, like, month to month payoff. And then the other bit of it was um, I sold my investment property to just close the deal. That was a really hard decision for me, actually. Um, so, yeah, within 17 months, I, I made it happen. Awesome. And what I mean, what is that moment like for you? Because I've had people on the show and it's been about a split so far with about half people saying it's anticlimactic. It was just another moment, another day. And then other people being like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's the best day of my life. So what was it for you? I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I was I'm I'm, so it happened um, a few months ago and I'm still kind of trying to. It feels weird. Okay, I'm not overly excited because I really haven't felt it just yet. Let me remind you, I was in over 80 some thousand dollars worth of consumer debt. And that has always been a way of life for me since I became an adult. So like this is a new feeling, having money in my account and then, you know, not having a bill to apply it to. Um, So when I click the button, which I did record that moment. It's funny. I actually share these payoff videos every month when I was doing the debt-free journey. Every month I do an IGTV of me, um, you know, clicking the button and you'd see me putting my amount that I'm paying off for the month. And then I, I cry a little bit. It's, it's, it's glorious. Um, but when I did this last button click, because it was for a, a big amount, the proceeds of the sale of my investment property, I pretty much applied all of it to close out this debt. That was really, really hard. It was probably one of the hardest things that I've had to do. And I know that sounds weird because really I was I was clicking a button, but it was like I felt a huge weight off of my shoulders, but extreme anxiety. For one, we are in a pandemic, right? So um, I struggled with, do I hold on to this and kind of ride the waves of all of the volatility that's going on? Um, or do I just get rid of this and just trust God is going to carry me through the next steps? Because he got me this far in the midst of this whole pandemic. And so um, I ultimately made the decision to press the button and I cried, but I had a smile on my face. Um, and that's how it felt. And, you know, I, I'm I'm still feeling that I still it still feels a little weird. So can you talk a little bit about 
what goes into that decision, because you're not the only one that's in that place. I mean, we're all living through this pandemic right now. And there are people who are like, I just want to hoard cash because I don't know what's next. And then there are some people who are like, hey, I'm just going to continue pressing on towards my goals. So how did you personally come to make the decision that was best for you? I'll tell you one thing I did. It's a counter debt free community culture. And um, I've actually paused my debt free journey. And I said, let me pump the brakes. Let me see if I can build an emergency fund. And if I do that, then I'll press the button. So I, I knew I was going to sell the home. I knew I was going to have some proceeds from it. I, I, I was already thinking about it in my head. I didn't realize it would happen so quickly. But I, I paused the debt-free journey after I got a, a good bit of it behind me. I saved up three months worth of, of cash on hand. And that gave me a little bit, that gave me more confidence. Um, so, and that's important for people. They have to know what their limits are. You know, if, if something, if you don't, if you're not a hundred percent behind that decision, when it comes to your finances, don't do it, you know, make, make it, make yourself feel comfortable with it. Cause you have to live with that decision. You're going to have to live with that button click. And so for me, I needed a little bit of extra security because I'm a single parent. I'm already conservative as it is. Um, when it comes to finances. Um, so I, I created a plan B and then I, I, did, I did my plan A. Okay. As you, after you hit the button, right? I know we're kind of in the middle of a pandemic, so options are limited. But did you do anything to celebrate? <laughs> uh, I wanted to, this is so, this is a salty question for me. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be on the Jamaican coastline right now with, you know, a, a rum punch, some reggae music and uh, some good vibes. So for me, that was a, that was a dream of mine to, to just go to Jamaica and all inclusive. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about buying all the food that I didn't buy this debt free journey. I wanted to get it there. Um, so and I'm still going to go. I am. But really, I, I sat and I paused and um, I'm still pausing right now, actually. And I'm still restructuring my finances. And what I've come to realize is that I hadn't been giving myself enough care. Um, So I think what's next for me is really focusing on all the things that I wanted to do. What's been what, you know, finances was holding me back from doing X, Y, Z. And it's now time to do X, Y and Z. So so with that feeling, I mean, do you feel like now that maybe you should have done a little more self-care during your journey or are you looking at it going, no, I did what I had to do in that season. And now I have the flexibility to do what I want to do in this season. Yeah, I don't miss not have not. I don't miss not doing the self-care things that I, I put on pause or I sacrificed. Um, you know, again, I wasn't really all into the luxury and, and spending like tons of money on myself to begin with. So it didn't really affect me in that manner more so. Um I'm a dreamer. I'm a big picture thinker. So for me now I can like, okay, what businesses do I want to set up? You know, uh, how can I help my family out? What legacy did we not tap into? Um, Mama got some land. How can we, you know, capitalize off of that? You know, I'll get my nails done every so often, but that's not my, that's not my goal. That's not my dream. Um, So, yeah. And you know what, for me, I'll be celebrating debt freedom, like, for years to come, because I know that the benefits of me paying off this debt is going to last for years to come. 
I love that. That's powerful. That's such a powerful realization. So, I mean, you you kind of touched on some goals right there. I mean, are you open to sharing just what you're looking forward to in the future in terms of financial goals that you're aiming for? Sure, a few of them. And uh, it, this list grows every day. Uh, but the first and foremost thing is the whole reason why I started this mission, which was to fund my son's uh, education, um, whether he chooses to go to college or if he gets a scholarship or not. I just want to make sure homeboy is set. And so um, that's first and foremost. Wait, let me back up. Actually, what's first and foremost is this IRS tax bill. <laughs> because I sold my investment property, I have a capital gains tax to pay on this. And so I am uh, saving up to pay Uncle Sam, um, rightfully so. So um, I didn't make a good bit of proceeds on the home. Going to pay that off and uh, really uh, focus on saving up for Ashton's college fund. I'm also going to uh, furnish my home the way it should have been. Uh, I purchased this home a couple of years ago, and it was almost the same time that I started the debt-free journey. So I have about three empty rooms in this beautiful big house. It's a shame. So now I'm going to fill it up with some furniture, and um, uh, those are like some super near-term goals. Um, I've actually uh, increased my retirement contributions. I plan to deep dive into some smart investing and really understanding um, what's going on in that avenue. Um, I love real estate. My family loves real estate. Um, I had an investment property before. I plan to get another one or another few. So the, the sky's the limit. And I'm again, I'm trying not to do like all things at one time, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be incremental. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Isn't it amazing just the number of options that you have when your money's not being tied to creditors, right? You just listed like five, six, seven things, and all of them are possible because you freed up your cash flow. So kudos to you for making all the changes, all the necessary sacrifices and choices to get to this point. I love that. So I want to give you this opportunity to help somebody else that is listening to this that's ready to start their journey. So, I mean, what would you say to that person who's discovering their debt for the first time that that wants to get started? What would be your advice to them? Oh, wow. So a few things. And and this is because this is what I did. Uh, Don't treat it as a to do kind of list. Like, don't treat it as, okay. I'll get to it. Or don't let it linger because I let it linger for six or seven or so years and the balance on my student loans didn't change. Okay. So face it on head on, like just go after it, tackle that thing, get serious about it because this is your life at stake. This is your family's life at stake. Like treat it like it's an emergency and go for it. Uh, The other thing I'd say is surround yourself with everything that you want and, and, and how you want to live after this debt free um, journey. Um, so if that means engaging in the social media or platform or listening to podcasts or reading different kinds of books or getting around a, a different group of people, whatever you need to, to create a buffer of just financial wealth and knowledge, put that all around you at all times because you're going to need to lean on that as you're riding this financial journey wave. Um, and then, oh, one of the other things is just don't, you know, you got to get truly transparent and true with yourself um, I had to unlearn some bad habits. You know, I thought I was all that. I had a spreadsheet from 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm good at this budgeting thing. And I was like, you know what? I ain't that great after all. And so don't be afraid to just shed some old bad habits. It's okay to learn something new and do it differently. Um, and, uh, uh, one last thing I love to share with people is, um, 
you know, people look at their debt-free journey and if they do the math and they see, oh man, this is going to take me like 22 months or 32 months. Um, But you know what, that 32 months is going to pass anyway. So where do you want to be when it gets here? Do you want to be in the same position that you are now? Or do you want to make an effort to become debt-free? And what I found out is that this last 17 months went by way faster than I thought it was going to be. And oh my gosh, why didn't I do it sooner? (laughs) So Love it. Love it. So, and you know, the last thing I want to do is because this has been so fun, I've laughed a lot. I've enjoyed talking to you and I'm sure people have enjoyed listening to this. So I do want to give you the opportunity to share where people can connect with you if they'd like to follow the rest of your journey as you continue moving forward. Absolutely. They can find me at Talk Cash with Ash. That's on my Instagram. That's a Facebook and a future website coming because you know what? I found out that people kind of like listening to me. So maybe I should talk some more. Um, You know, when I first started this this uh, Instagram page, Talk Cash with Ash, it was really just putting myself out there. So so I can hold myself accountable and my followers have really held me accountable. But now I'm starting to hear people asking for how I do it and and what can they do. And so um, I'm excited to reach out to even more people. It's a lot of love to share. So that's where you can find me. Talk Cash with Ash. Awesome. And thanks for agreeing to come on the show and share more of your journey, Ashley. It was really a pleasure to talk to you and and learn more about your story. So I'll be sure to link to all the ways to connect with you in the show notes. So you teammates, be sure to go connect with Ashley in all the spots she mentioned. And if you maybe forgot about some of those spots, you can find the show notes for this episode over at winningtowealth.com slash episode 44. That is winningtowealth.com slash episode 44. All right, now it's time for this week's win of the week. And what I loved about this episode was the fact that Ashley had been budgeting for like a decade, but still somehow found herself over $80,000 in debt. She found some new information about zero-based budgeting, then changed how she did things. Now, this may have seemed like a small thing that you heard in the beginning of the episode, but I want you to think about all of the things she's been able to accomplish after making just that one simple tweak. It just goes to show that just because you or even the person who taught you about money has always done things a certain way doesn't mean it's still the best way. What worked in one season may not work in the next. So this week, the challenge is to look at your finances and decide what one thing you can tweak to get just a little bit better. It could be coming up with a new way to budget. It could be changing how you and your spouse talk about money. It could even be switching from a normal savings account to a high yield savings account. But I want you to find one way to improve your finances, because as we saw with Ashley's story, one small change can lead to many massive benefits. Now, if you enjoyed this talk with Ashley, definitely go find her and follow her on social media and see everything that she's up to. But also be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a five star review. Another thing, I want to thank all of you that nominated me for best new personal finance podcast at this year's Plutus Awards. Guys, I can't tell you enough. It means a lot to be recognized in that way. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart to everyone who took the time to nominate the show. But hey, that's all the time I have for this week. So until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. 
You've wrapped up another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. To learn more about how you can start making winning money decisions, head over to winningtowealth.com. 